0: Welcome everybody to the Friar Talk podcast. Today we're going to be recapping the Mariners series, talking about the Padres are now winners of nine straight and currently currently are the best team in the league according to the the win percentage. Um, and then after that, we're going to get into the Brewers series and preview that one. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about in that series especially, so we'll probably keep this Mariners recap pretty short. Um, and then later in the week, we're going to come back and maybe talk about some trade stuff just between series because we don't have Chase on today. Um, we want to find a time to kind of get him on and start talking about Chris Bryant um, and, and some of these other guys that have been kind of rumored to the Padres a little bit, not any true rumors, but, you know, talked about of as potentially taking over in left field, but let's get into this Mariners series. Isaac, what were your thoughts? And I mean, there's going to be a main guy that's going to stand out, but what are just your overall thoughts after watching baseball this weekend?
1: Yeah. I think from us in the comment section, I, I, for anyone that watches this, we just need to appreciate Fernando. I don't. I think we were talking about it before this. I don't think I've ever seen as many like. This is the first player to do this in this long, like from a player that's not Fernando. And uh, in this past series, it was Fernando's the first player since 1932 to bat over 700 with 12 RBIs and three walks since Babe Ruth. That's insane. Your name is mentioned in the same vein as Babe Ruth. But I think another thing that needs to go, like, that we need to appreciate is the depth of this team. You know, uh, we missed Fernando for a bunch of games during this nine-game win streak. Miss Will for eight of the games. Manny hasn't been playing. Grisham has been hurt. And we're still finding ways to win ball games. Granted, it's against the Mariners. But either way, you know, we're still finding ways to win ball games on the backs of, uh, you know, Fernando's been carrying this team so far. And it's really strange because he's been hitting cleanup. And I don't think anyone in their right mind ever thought, Fernando would be our cleanup hitter. But right now, he's really solidified his spot there, and I don't think you should move him. But really also with his pitching staff, you know, the pitching staff's been pitching amazing from from all the starters to the bullpen. You know, Blake Snell in his past start gave gave us uh, a good start. But talking about this series against the Mariners, all of our starters did really well, including Chris Paddock, and then Ryan Weathers and Lamette had a – had a good outing and obviously we know what to expect from Darvish. So just really good baseball around. This is some of the best Padre baseball I've ever seen. I want to say the best because I don't expect, I, I really don't think I remember a time when Yan Harris, Solarte, Alexi, Amarista, you know, those guys ever gave me this much excitement and, uh, you know, just, just watching this kind of baseball is really good to see.
0: Yeah. And talking about Tatis, cause we definitely got to, got to focus on him to start off just cause talk about spectacular play you said oh he was over 7 700 batting average i think that was the reason why he was in the in the same mentioned in the same time as babe ruth kind of in in those stats that you brought up but another thing i wanted to bring up is his ops would be the highest in the league if he qualified for enough at bats and then on top of that he's two home runs shy for the lead he's missed 17 games what, what have they played 50 games right around 50 games he's missed a huge portion of the se- season yet he might be if he had to qualify at bats he'd probably be the front runner for MVP right now in you know. NL. that's insane and you just look at like how dominant he was this series his ability to just flip the switch and just go isn't is incredible. He had a 218 batting average before coming in or before coming back from injury which was on Wednesday then he plays this game this three game series and the Wednesday game. So four games, he moves it up to 309. That's insane. Moving your batting average almost 100 points because you are that dominant because you're hitting over 700. I think it was 1114 on the series. Um, Bunch of home runs, a lot of power. So got to just give props to Fernando Tatis for for really carrying this offense um, in this series. But you brought up you know, how some of these other guys have played really well and, you know, next man up kind of mentality. Uh, we have Jerickson Profar playing pretty good. and Kim is turning into an RBI machine. Um, the batting average is still at, at low 200s. I think it's 214 right now. But dude seems like he gets one RBI every single night, and so he's been a huge contributor, especially on defense. Austin Nola, Victor Caratini have been fantastic. Um, it was cool to see Will Myers back. He didn't have a hit, but he had the sack fly. Um, Eric Hosmer, was it was it Saturday when he had that double? I think it was Saturday the Saturday game. He had the double with the bases loaded. When yes, they intentionally walked Tatis, uh, kind of give him the the Barry Bonds treatment there, where they just you know we're not gonna we're not gonna let him come up. We've seen what he's doing. Um, and then I think the other guy that has has definitely just earned a right to be a mentioned in like in like the breath of the Trent Grishams, the Fernando Tatises, um, and the Manny Machados. I, I think this guy has kind of submitted himself up there, at least in the time we've seen him. And that guy's Jake Cronenworth hitting over 305 now might not bring you know the power that these other guys have but he is so great at playing his role and he's kind of cementing himself as that two and three hitter which is talk about that I mean it was the Tommy Pham trade but Jay Cronenworth has been everything and more than what we've kind of expected from him but what do you think you think Cronenworth has kind of cemented himself to be talked about as like a future a future core piece because we talked about that with Trent Grisham earlier in the year that Hey, this is a guy that should be thought of as the Padres' future center fielder because a lot of people, you know, weren't super high on him when he got traded here, and then he looked good last year, but really streaky. And you know, a lot of people were kind of iffy on him coming into the year. I think that's definitely changed. But I think Cronenworth is getting there as well. Do you, do you feel the same way?
1: Absolutely. We've been calling this guy Jake Croningod. I mean, Jake the Rake. This guy, he, he, he whenever he goes on like this hot streak, it's like he's getting on base at least. Three, two, three times a game. And if you set it up to where, you know, Tatis batting cleanup now, Grisham, Cronenworth, Machado, Tatis, and then Hosmer batting fifth and Myers batting sixth. Oh my God. I don't I don't really know if there's a better lineup because if if all those guys are hot, obviously they're all not gonna be hot at the same time. But when you have Grisham batting, he's probably batting over like 290 right now, but I think he's going to end up being like a 270, 280 hitter. I think the same with Jake Cronenworth, who will maybe get on at a higher rate. Manny Machado is going to turn it on at some point, and then Fernando's our superstar. We know what to expect from him. Um, but Jake definitely deserves to be mentioned in the same, in the kind of the same category. He's not a superstar, but he's going to be an everyday player, and he's going to do a really good job at it. You know, Right now, he's batting, I think it's He's batting over 300. I wanted to say it was 305. I'm not entirely sure. Um, But he gets on all all the time. He plays stellar defense. You know, he's a good base runner. He does it all. He's a really good ball player all around. And I definitely think that, you know, anything about trading him or just not having him in our future, like from what we've seen from him so far, it can't, we need him in our future. He's very valuable to our team right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then kind of going on and talking about a little bit off topic of the of the bats because you you win a game 16 to 1 i mean they just put up a ton of runs in this series absolute domi- dominant offensive performance but we talked about the pitching a little bit we've seen it from darvish we've seen it from lamette uh weathers all those guys and then everyone in the bullpen seems to be just pitching phenomenally uh, especially um mark melanson outstanding start to his season but a guy that we've we talked about a lot early on in the year haven't talked to him quite as much. I want to kind of finish up this recap segment by talking about him. But Chris Paddock, he's brought the ERA under four. The curveball looks great. The, the fastball looks like he's thrown it with a lot of confidence. I, I want to say he hit 98 in his start on Friday. It might've been 97, but he's hitting high 90s. And I think that's one of the, the biggest things, just the confidence in the fastball. And it seems like he's, he got put on that injury list for an, I don't know what the injury was. I think it was. I don't think it was disclosed. But he's come back a new player. Like he has looked fantastic. Isaac, you've you've been high on on Chris Paddock and really wanted to see him succeed. And so early on this year, when he was struggling, it was kind of tough to watch. But what do you what do you think about him now? Just after seeing these these great performances from him,
1: it's exciting. You know, because in 2019, Chris Paddock was our probably our ace, and we all thought Chris Paddock was going to be our ace of the future. And I remember in the beginning of 2020, he had some really good starts, too, against the Diamondbacks, the Giants. He had some really good starts. And then out of nowhere, everything just went downhill. But I will say in 2019, whenever he faced good teams, uh, you know, the Mets were decent. I wouldn't say they were good. But I remember against the Phillies, I went to his home start and we got rocked. He got rocked. And it was, it, was, it was tough to watch, you know. But he still looked like he had all the potential in the world to become a future ace. 2020 was rough for him we saw him get roughed up by the dodgers we saw him get roughed up by the mariners you know and i expect it from the dodgers but not the mariners uh, but right now i think the padres found the best role really for chris paddock the guy who's going to throw three or four innings go once or twice around in the lineup and then we're going to bring in somebody like Mickey diaz or denelson lemet or you know just someone who's going to piggyback him And I think that's Chris Paddock's best role right now because when you go, when he gets that third time in the lineup, only having two pitches, he's trying to make it three right now with that curveball. And I will say that curveball definitely does look really good. But as of right now, I think his best role will be that piggyback kind of thing. And I think he's doing really good at it. That's nothing, like, against him. He's just really good in that role.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, On Friday, though, he did go six, which I think that you go into these starts – Maybe not expecting, but being fine if you do need to utilize that piggyback role. But if he's looking good, like and he can go five and six, obviously that's a plus. But even just asking him, and and like you said, Diaz is I think he's been typically been the guy that comes in after him. But having him there, like, hey, Patrick, you run the problems, like it's not gonna be the end of the world. Like, you know, you're gonna have bad starts. And and maybe that's a way that you build confidence. But I, I like the way they've been utilizing him and very interesting that he comes back from this injury list just ready to to go and just to be dominant but i think it's going to wrap it up for this recap series so to preview the padres brewer series i first want to ask you is it going to look like last series isaac because i don't know if you remember last series was a sweep last series was when the padres bats were just dead and it was it was probably the the roughest stretch of the year i want to say was that sweep against the brewers but Four game series in Milwaukee. The Brewers are going to have Woodruff Burns the first two games, then Hauser the third game, and then Anderson on the on the Thursday morning game. The Padres are going to have Snell Musgrove, then Paddock, um, who we just talked about in the in the recap, and then on Thursday it's it's not determined, but I'm expecting it to be a, a Weathers Lamette kind of game. Um, but, but what do you kind of think about for this series? Cause last, last series, like I said, it was a brutal series to watch. Padres bats were dead. We've seen an offensive explosion, not only with the Tatis grand slam on Sunday, but 16 runs on Friday. So what are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to look similar? Do you think it's going to be a completely different series this time around?
1: I mean, I would hope it's a completely different series, but I absolutely do think it will be a completely different series. I think at worst we go two and two and I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, I think Burns or Woodruff are going to take at least one from us but right now the reason I say I don't expect it to be the same as last series because going into that last series I'm pretty sure we had just come off a loss against the Dodgers or we were going into a Dodgers series and our bats were like cold I I don't really remember a time where throughout this whole season where we sucked them like more than that at hitting because it was really bad we, we left runners on all the time. I'm pretty sure against Burns or Woodruff, I think we maybe had one combined run. Not entirely sure. But they were not hitting for anything. And uh, But this time, you know, the Padres are coming off a nine-game win streak right now, a nine-game homestand win streak. That hasn't been done since, I think, 2005, I want to say. So they have a lot of momentum going their way. Uh, so I, I'm thinking they go at least 2-2, two and two, and I fully expect them to win this series, actually. And uh, that's going to be on the back of Fernando, the hottest player on our team right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. One combined run against Burns and Woodruff in, in those two games. So I, I don't quite remember if it was against one of the starters, but they scored one in the first game and they lost, they lost all three of the games, but you know, you're getting, they were getting lit up by the starters in, in that series, um, which makes sense. I mean, the, the Brewers, Woodruff and, and Burns are fantastic players. I mean, we saw them on full display earlier in the year. I hope it looks a lot different. It would be great. I mean, and I think splitting those two guys, I think that's totally fine. Uh, You have a nine-game win streak, so of course you want to keep the win streak going. But if they go one and one in those games, that's completely reasonable. Of course, you're always you're trying to win every ball game, but I I think this is a a situation where you're going against an ace. You're going against a true ace. Blake Snell is going against that ace. I don't believe Christian Yelich. I don't believe is he back? He is back. Okay, so that's that's also a big plus for the Brewers. Last time they did not have Yelich in that series, Um, and so you you got Blake Snell in this opening game against Woodruff. I think this is a tough matchup. Yes, we saw Snell bounce back last time around. We're going to need to see it again. We're going to need to see a very good outing from him because it could very likely be a really low-scoring game until the end of the ball game. And then on the Tuesday game, I, I feel confident in what we've seen out of Joe Musgrove in the last few starts to kind of hope that he continues where he's at. I think that's a little bit more winnable. Um, Wednesday, I mean, we talked about how great Chris Paddock has been lately, but he's got to really bounce back. He's got to be a good player. Um, and then Thursday, I honestly, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm very, very confident in that weather's Lamette piggyback start, like probably outside of Darvish and Musgrove. I'm the most confident in those games when those two guys come out there, just cause at most, it seems like Weathers will give up one run in three or four innings and the same goes for, for the Nelson Lemet. So you're pretty much getting a quality start every time those two guys come in, pitch three, four innings each. Um, but, but anything else you kind of want to add to this recap? I know we're doing it really short, but we don't have a, a ton of time today. So we're going to get some stuff about the trades out. Um, but I guess before we kind of take off, who's your, who's your breakout guy? And you can't pick Fernando Tatis cause that's just not fair.
1: <laughs> breakout guy. Um, I'm going to go with Will Myers. Will Myers has been out for this past, uh, He's been out for almost his whole win streak, and then yesterday he comes back and has no hits, which is okay. I don't expect him to have any, but I definitely think this series—maybe not against Burns or Wardruff, but maybe in the in the last few games—he comes out, he has a really good series. But definitely Will Myers, I definitely think he's going to have a great series, and uh, that'd be great to see, especially out of the sixth spot, where you know there's going to be a lot of runners on, can be a lot of opportunities to get runners in.
0: Yeah, and he's a guy that can really help just complete this team, and if he's hitting well. And you have all these guys in the top lineup doing, they've been fantastic lately, but you have them doing that. I mean, he, like you said, like he's going to be a guy, him and Hosmer are going to be really key to hitting with two outs and guys in scoring positions. So we should hopefully we get some big knocks from them. For me, I'm going to go Blake Snell. I think that he's got to come out there. He's got to show that he can go against another ace. I mean, I know that, that Blake Snell maybe hasn't been a, a true ace this season, but we know he has this stuff. We know he's capable of doing that. And if he can go six innings, give up a run or go scoreless, I think that's a huge win. We already saw him do that last time out. And if he can just continue to do that, I think you're going to start building a lot of momentum on, on his end. And I think right now where this team stands, I think he's the, the one guy that doesn't have like that true momentum. Like, yes, he had the last start. But before that, it was it's been pretty rocky. Paddock's now had like put a couple of really good starts together. Same with musgrove you know same, same with pretty much everyone else and, and in the lineup has just been run after run after run so if he can get going and he can be that guy that hey he's had two back-to-back really strong starts that can be huge and i think that can really help propel this padres team into into being one of the best if not the best team in the sport right now and i think that's that just helps so much more i mean i remember i was watching just some some videos about like like in the off season about like how to project the padres and like where they were and it was other, it was not a Padres fan, but they were saying teams with this much starting pitching tend to do really, really well. And basically this person was just saying like, they should be one of the world series favorites. And I, I think that me and you, and I can speak for Chase on that too. I think we all fully believe that the Padres are totally capable of doing that. If they're hitting, if all their pitchers are clicking, I think it can definitely happen. So I, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, I just want to add one more thing. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but I'm the co-founder of undrafted sports, which is kind of what we're all under um that's how Isaac and Chase and me kind of started the pod about a year ago and so we've been working and doing some stuff on that and right now we're actually looking for some writers just to talk about baseball in general NBA NFL anything you guys kind of want but if anyone's interested feel free to, to reach out I'll, I'll put my email in the description so if anyone's interested in doing that make sure to reach out but if not no worries um but we're just trying to build up this this brand here with undrafted sports. And I'll be mentioning them probably a lot more now that we've kind of figured out our, our stuff and, and we're going to be going as a, as a sports media network. But uh, thanks everyone for listening and go Padres. Hopefully it's a 3-1 series. I think that's the goal. I know that Chase said that that's what he he ex- kind of is expecting and hoping for. Um, Isaac, you feel the same way on that? 3-1?
1: Yeah,
0: 3-1. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think so. 3-1 series you know, winning a ton of ball games in a row has been great. But I think that if you go 3 one against this Brewers team on the road to start this, this, what is it? A, we're in the middle, not the middle. We're at the beginning of a 20 game stretch with no break. So really big there. Um, but thanks everyone for listening. And we will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>